welcome to the Adult Learning Exchange Virtual Community Podcast. I'm Simone Conceição, owner of SCOC Consulting, the sponsor of Adult Learning Exchange Virtual Community. In this episode of Information Literacy, Dr. Lillian Hill discusses cultural literacy and its links to awareness, sensitivity, competence, and humility. Lillian is Professor Emerita of Adult Education, author and owner of Fireweed Life Coaching. For several weeks now, we have been talking about different forms of literacy, beginning with basic literacy, meaning the ability to understand, use, and respond appropriately to written texts. Pegram et al. define literacy as the ability to comprehend and create a variety of written texts, encompassing a knowledge of grammar, vocabulary, and discourse features alongside reading and writing skills. Rather than becoming outmoded due to technological advancements, print literacy remains important, in part because it is foundational to the other literacies we have discussed, including graphic, visual, digital, information, and media literacy. Today, we will discuss cultural literacy and its links to other terms such as cultural awareness, cultural sensitivity, cultural competence, and cultural humility. Cultural awareness means understanding the dynamic values and beliefs of different cultures. Cultural variation refers to the rich diversity in social practices that different cultures exhibit around the world. Cultural practices including language, cuisine, art, gender roles, parenting practices, educational systems, economic systems, health beliefs and practices, and social hierarchy vary across different cultures. A lack of cultural awareness may lead to poor decisions. For example, organizations have learned that excluding people of varied cultures can lead to poor decision-making. Think of the Chevy Nova that sold poorly in Spanish-speaking countries because Nova means doesn't go in Spanish. Changing the car's name to Caribe solved the marketing problem, but it could have been prevented if the design team had been more diverse. This story sounds funny now, but it was an expensive lesson in lost sales. Lillian, how does cultural awareness relate to the other terms you mentioned? Cultural awareness is just the beginning. Cultural literacy, like many other forms of literacy, means that you can learn about other cultures and use that learning to improve your ability to function in daily life. Cultural literacy refers to the ability to understand the cultural traditions, activities, and history of different cultural groups. This will help you to understand, form relationships, and interact with people with backgrounds very different than your own. Learning about how other people live can help you become more culturally aware and sensitive. This is particularly vital if you are a member of a dominant culture where you live. I remember when I interacted with a man who was a member of a First Nations band in Canada. In our conversation, he took a long time to respond to me, and he carefully considered his words before uttering them. It might be tempting to think of him as slow or even unintelligent, 
but instead his approach to the conversation was more thoughtful than the impatient, competitive, conversational style of the dominant white culture in which I was educated. Fortunately, someone gave me some advance warning so that I could behave respectfully. Would you say that these encounters can make you more sensitive? Yes. Cultural sensitivity is a closely related term to cultural literacy. The American Psychological Association defines it as awareness and appreciation of the values, norms, and beliefs characteristic of a cultural, ethnic, racial, or other group that is not one's own, accompanied by a willingness to adapt one's behavior accordingly. Cultural sensitivity involves three interrelated skills. One, awareness of cultural differences and similarities that exist, but refraining from assigning them a positive or negative value. They are neither better nor worse, nor right and wrong than your own cultural ways. Two, understanding that cultural differences and similarities influence people's values, learning, and behavior. Three, developing a skill set to help you learn about people who have a different cultural background than your own. Changes in attitudes and skills are two important concepts to consider. They require humility. Very much so. Cultural humility is a practice of self-reflection on how one's own background and the background of others influence teaching, learning, research, creative activity, engagement, leadership, and work. It is an ongoing process of self-exploration and self-critique combined with a willingness to learn from others. It means entering a relationship with another person with the intention of honoring their beliefs, customs, and values. It means acknowledging differences and accepting that person for who they are. If you have ever lived with someone you didn't grow up with, you quickly learn about differences, even when that person has a similar background to yours. It could be a partner, spouse, or roommate. For example, the other person may place glasses in the cupboard facing up when you are accustomed to placing them face down. Little things like this can confuse and irritate you, but overall it's not that important. Now magnify this idea to issues that have more salience to your values, and the seeds of cultural misunderstandings are easily sown. Cultural humility was proposed as a more suitable goal in multicultural health professions education than cultural competency. A practitioner with cultural humility realizes that his or her personal cultural perspective is not universal. Cultural humility is defined as respect for and acceptance of health beliefs and practices based on cultures different from one's own and the desire to learn more about them. An interesting side note, when I was developing a cultural humility survey instrument, the one item that most health professionals disagreed with was, I accept that the health beliefs and practices of people from other cultures are as valid as my own. Their response may be based on encounters with patients with health practices based on superstition, or it may not. I didn't get a chance to discuss the item with the respondents, but it would have been interesting. 
Lillian, would you explain the meaning of cultural competence? Cultural competence is a set of congruent behaviors, attitudes, and policies that come together in a system, agency, or among professionals, and it enables that system, agency, or those professions to work effectively in cross-cultural situations. In education, cultural competence enhances the teaching and learning process and helps ensure equitable opportunities and support for every student. In healthcare settings, it refers to the ability to understand and respond effectively to the cultural and linguistic needs brought by patients to the healthcare setting. These terms seem to overlap and even duplicate each other. Would you agree? I agree. At their center, all these terms involve respect for others, their cultural ways of knowing and behaving, and the need for ongoing learning. I could have spent an entire podcast episode on each term, and articles and books have been written about them. I do not mean to diminish their importance by grouping them together. I think of these terms as a continuum, beginning with cultural awareness, then sensitivity, moving to cultural literacy, and then cultural humility at the other end. Cultural humility involves the recognition that you can never become fully knowledgeable about the many human cultures that exist. What about cultural competence? You left that out of the continuum. Cultural literacy, sensitivity, and humility operate at the individual level, while cultural competence is thought to occur at the organizational or systems level. However, for it to occur, the individuals within the organization require training that involves attitudinal, informational, and practical education. A system cannot be culturally competent without the active participation of the individuals working within it. How does diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, fit in? Diversity, equity, and inclusion is another term that refers to a systems level. The American Psychological Association indicates that equity, diversity, and inclusion is a conceptual framework that promotes the fair treatment and full participation of all people, especially populations that have historically been underrepresented or subject to discrimination because of their background, identity, disability, etc. They further explain that, one, equity involves providing resources according to the need to help diverse populations achieve their highest state of health and other functioning. Two, diversity refers to the representation or composition of various social identity groups in a work group, organization, or community. And three, Inclusion strives for an environment that offers affirmation, celebration, and appreciation of different approaches, styles, perspectives, and experiences. I think of this as being a more evolved set of skills and cultural competence because of the idea of inclusion and celebration of differences. These terms refer to learning about other cultures. I agree. Becoming culturally literate, sensitive, humble, or competent is an ongoing process, and it is grounded in learning about the patterns of behavior, belief, language, 
values, and customs of cultural groups. Being able to engage with people of one culture does not translate to interacting with people from another culture. For example, learning about the indigenous cultures of one continent does not teach you about the indigenous cultures of another. Given the complexity of any single culture and the mixing of, of cultures in this day of extensive and global air travel, learning will never stop. We also need to recognize that no culture is monolithic, so people within cultures will differ from each other. These differences can be based on language, gender, immigration status, refugee status, experiences, and generation. There are books about cultural competence that contain descriptions of different cultural groups with appropriate behaviors to interact with them. For example, people from the Middle East, people from Africa, and people from Asia. You cannot expect that these behaviors will work with all members of a cultural group. For one thing, the Middle East, Africa, Asian, and Europe are composed of multiple cultures and subcultures within them. There is as much variation within cultures as there is between cultures. Thank you, Lillian, for discussing cultural literacy and its links to awareness, sensitivity, competence, and humility. My pleasure. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Information Literacy. Mm -hmm.